Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode 128. I was writing it on the board and I was like, wow, I cannot believe we've done 128. I think like every time I write the number, I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's this. Like, it's just like good. It just like keeps becoming more and more. Right? Like we come up here and then the number gets bigger. (laughs) (laughs) And like every week too. Every week. It's pretty ridiculous. It is. Case, how are you doing? I'm okay. We had a little fender bender yesterday, and I got rear-ended. I've never been rear-ended before. Did that sound funny? Yeah, it sounded rear- like rear- it sounded like one word. Kay. Rear-ended. I've never been rear-ended before. I've actually only been in one car accident in my entire life when I was 19. It was pretty bad, but that's the first time. And I was just sitting at a light, okay? And this lady smashed into me. So I'm a little sore. I th- actually thought I would be worse. But today I was at physio for a different problem, which is my arm. And he said to me, I it could be up into the next week. Like the well, whiplashy feeling. I did have a headache today. So I did leave work early because I had a headache and I had things to do. So, but I got all my chores done and that just makes me happy. So we have food and we have, I got to physio and all that. So other than that... I'm fine. I'm good. How are you, Jack? I'm good. Uh, this week, this past weekend, we went and saw Creed three. It's on the list. Okay. To talk about. Um, trying to jam in as many, like movies, before before Sunday before the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to talk about Creed three or no? Yeah, we can talk about Creed three. Um, overall, I thought it was good. I thought it was better than the second one. Yep. Um, I thought he did a good job directing. There was definitely some creative choices that I really enjoyed. Um, Tessa Thompson, always rock star. She's amazing. Love the, I love her character as like, like, I just really like her, his wife. She plays it really well of like, I'm supportive yet. You're not going to get away with like certain things. Um, the only thing I will say is the, I don't want to give it away, but I felt like the end, like what we were, what ended up happening in the end happened quickly. Like there wasn't a lot of build up to, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Anyways, um, I thought Jonathan Majors was great. Uh, overall, I would say it was good. Yeah, I I, I really liked it. What would for, you give it? How much stars or um, out of ten or I, I don't it, know. Give it some. I gave it I gave it a four out of five stars, which I think I think in terms of this is something for another day of like in terms of all the Rocky Creed movies, I would say it's in in the middle. Yeah, four is pretty generous. I don't know if I quite go four, um, but I maybe go like three point seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's a formulaic sports movie. Like, it's not uh, breaking. No, like, we knew everything that was going to happen. Nothing shocked us. We were both like, and now this is going to happen, and now this is going to happen. Like, we knew. Um, yeah, like you said, it's not breaking the mold here. It is, it's exactly, you know, you get your montage, you get your, which we're all for. Um, yeah, but it was, it was entertaining. It was good. I had just had that huge apocalypse snowstorm, so we got to walk over which was nice, right? To like, let's go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I found it hit a lot more emotional beats. Yeah. Than than the other movies had before. He was and dressed incredibly too. <laughs> did you not like his outfits? Oh, I did. The hoodie with the like the coat thing, like it like a jacket. Like a suit jacket. 
Ah, and like the monochromatic. Oh, I really liked it. I thought he looked sharp. And their house was incredible. Oh, their house. Wow. Oh, to have money. As they're sitting there talking and they have like, a, you can kind of see like a chef in the background. Like it's not like whatever. And then they're just sitting there and then you see an arm being like delivered food. And I was like, wow, you're really rich. It definitely for a Rocky franchise movie to not include Sylvester Stallone. He was still a producer on it, but he said that he will not watch this movie and he will only be involved with, if they do a Creed for the only way he'll be involved is if a certain producer isn't a part of it because he bought the Rocky franchise when uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote the first one mm-hmm. and has just kind of controlled the rights and they do not agree with each other. So that's why he wasn't involved with this one and why he'll never watch it. But it's funny that you're a producer and you're not watch- like if you're a producer, you're- aren't you on the film or are you just giving the money? I don't even know if it's that much. It might just be to have him involved in some form. Right. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, Jonathan Majors was really good. I thought that the... I mean, it's a boxing movie. There's a championship fight. I thought that was done really well. I thought that That's, all... Yeah, the creative choices in that were really good. Yeah, all, all of the boxing looked better than the other two movies but i definitely would not say it's better than the first creed which i watched right before yeah 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 um i also watched uh women talking last night because it is a best picture nominee as well as sarah Pauly for um the screenplay which she adapted the screenplay from a book um i i i it was so powerful and it's so good. And I was trying to tell Jack, like, it's too bad that it's called women talking because I think your people of the male gender are going to be like that. This is going to be a whole bunch of women sitting around complaining or whatever they're going to think. Um, and it's a really well done movie. It's the, the acting is extraordinary. The discussions are incredible. Like, I thought I would go into this movie with a very clear, because I know what it's about. And so I was like, I know this is how I'm going to go. But the way they sometimes have conversations, like I found myself like, oh, I kind of get that. And you're trying to put yourself in their shoes of like, they live in a colony. They really believe in where they live and how they live. But they have the men there that are making bad choices. So what do you do? And I, it was, um, it was so well done. Like I really, it really impacted me. Like I really was like, like I would be surprised at the end of this year if it doesn't make like, you know, if I made like a top 10 of favorite movies of the year, I would be surprised if it wasn't on the list. Like you'd, you'd have to really blow me away. Cause it was, I just thought it was really powerful. And I think it's a shame that more people aren't going to see it. So I'm glad at least it has an Oscar nomination. I mean, Sarah Polly should have had a directing cause there was some, really great movement of the camera and great clips and like uh, I don't know even when the kids are playing in the field like her oh it was just beautiful it was a really beautiful film uh speaking of Oscars they are this Sunday yes uh ABC I think does them oh Jimmy Kimmel back as back as a host we have an Oscars host again it's did you see the um commercial I only saw it at physio because I don't usually see commercials but um they did a Maverick reenactment when John Hamm and the other guy is sitting at the table and Maverick comes in and he's like, they're having that discussion. Well, they have that. 
and it's Jimmy Kimmel walking in and he's like, I'm going to host the Oscars. And J- John Hamm is like, we would rather have anybody else or I don't know. They just start naming like Steven names for some reason, I think, or Steve or I was it was hard for me to hear, but it was actually pretty funny. It looked really funny. I was like, that's good. I love Jimmy Kimmel. Like, I I wonder if Will Smith is going to be brought up. I think I think you have to. I think. But as- do you do it as a, a joke? Yeah, I think a year later you could make a joke about it. It might not leave the best taste in everyone's mouth, but it's also a stone that can't go unturned. Like Chris Rock's still talking about it. He just started talking about it. I feel like he didn't really talk about it a lot, but he just did a Netflix special where he actually like talked a little bit more about it. Um, I think that what I would like to see is Jimmy Kimmel be like, okay, so we all know that these are jokes. There's, you know, just if there's a joke you don't like, you're not allowed to come up and hit me or some in yeah. some way, something like that. Reference like just, it. Yeah. Like just we're, you know, but in a f- funny way, not like in a violence isn't the answer. It's not. But like, you know, that what if um, what if Matt Damon comes up and they reenact it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I just joked. Um, no, I don't think you should. I think I get it. It would be kind of funny but i also think you can't make too much light of it like i think what he did was wrong i'm well everybody knows my opinion on it so i think you have to tread a little lightly with it like i don't think you should totally mock it and be like oh that was you know but i i do think of course it should be a little bit addressed so that's that that's weird that we're almost a year i know we said that dad and i were saying that too we were like i can't believe that's been a year I still, I think we had a debate about this. Are we, we're talking about doing a bit debate if it's that or La La Land winning Best Picture as like the pinnacle Oscar moment. I think we did. And like maybe, maybe the Will Smith thing will be the more memorable one. People will remember that over the other. But like in terms of, well, a comedy, like the, the moment of like, that it's Bonnie and Clyde up there. They make this mistake. It's almost, it needs like a documentary about it. Yeah, no, it does. It was pretty, um, <laughs> Faye Dunaway is just like, I'm out. <laughs> right? Like, she's like, I want no part of this. Yeah, no, I think because that's more of a, that was a mistake. Yes. That wasn't intentional. So it's like hard to compare, right? They're very different situations. So anyways, yeah. that's that. Uh, on today's episode, we have our IMC, Enough Sad and Die Hard with a Vengeance, and then we are going to talk about stars we've lost too soon. Yeah, like we, because we talk about this sometimes, and like people die, and it's sad, but we're going to try and not make it positive, but make it like we're happy we at least got this work from them, or Rem- you know, yeah, like more of a, yeah, in memoriam. You know, sometimes that can be somber, but... Or the Oscars last year when they played, like, an upbeat <laughs> song. He did. The Oscars last year were, like, what happened? And the again, first, like, hour and a half member were, like, normal, and then it all just went sideways. Because I think that was right before the Will Smith thing, or maybe right after. Yeah, I don't know, but it just went kind of sideways. Like, I was like, what is happening right now? Because no one's going to remember that part now. No. Like, I was ready to be like, like, that's sp- the craziest thing. Spirit in the Sky. Going yeah. on up to the spirit in the sky, in the sky. And it was like happy and, but raw, like, I don't know. The tone. Yeah, the tone wasn't right. Anyways, let's rock, paper, scissors.
Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> How did you fall for this again? We literally oh, no. went rock, paper, and then, or no, did we do rock? No, I did scissors, rock, and paper. And then you got me. No. Oh. Um, I'm going to go first. Okay. Uh, my movie is 2013's Enough Said. Uh, directed by directed and it didn't say written it just said the screenplay by uh, Nicole Hall of Center I looked that up to mm-hmm. make sure I pronounced that right nice uh, woman wow directed and writ wrote uh, she didn't get a nomination or anything uh, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics mm. uh, it is about a divorced single parent dreading her daughter leaving for college starts an unexpected relationship and finds a new friend who badmouths her husband all the time. That turns out to be her cor- current boyfriend. And the more she hears, the less she likes. Right. Uh, so we've got Julia Louis-Dreyfus, James Gandolfini, Catherine Keener, Tony Collette, Ben Falcone. Uh, a couple other people, but... Those are just... Those are your, your main. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go JLD. That's I'm not saying Julia Louis-Dreyfus or every just time. Or Julia. Yeah. yeah. You like the... JLD. I'll JLD. Go, I'll go yeah. with the nickname. Yeah. Or the initials, I guess. Uh, so she is a masseuse. That mm-hmm. is that is her job that you learned right away. And um, there's this... They tried to, like, teeter this. So it's, like, this kind of gross guy, but not gross in, like, the Harvey Weinstein, Louis C.K. way. He just kind of lets out these, like, grunts as he's, like, mm-hmm. massaging. So it's yep. just a little bit uncomfortable. And then there's this girl who can't stop talking. So you're learning about her profession first then we meet tony collette who i looked it up she's australian but she sounds british in the movie so that was a little confusing and then uh they go to this party and michaela watkins who it took me five minutes of googling and looking through filmography to figure out where i knew her from and uh she was uh one of the i feel like there might have been a few lesbians in Modern Family. Oh, okay. With uh, Wendy McClendon Covey. Okay. They were moms. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they had like a thing with Cam and Mitch where yeah, they yeah. had like a rivalry remember, and then they became I friends. I remember the one, but I can't picture the other, but yeah. Uh, so she introduces JLD to Catherine Keener and uh, she's a poet. Like yes. Catherine Keener's a poet. And then she kind of says something along the lines of like, you can make a living off of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a job. She's right. kind of surprised by that. And Catherine Keener is very just like hippie sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, then she meets Albert, aka James Gandolfini. Um, and I figured out that he's not out of breath all the time. It was just The Sopranos, where every scene he was just kind of like, <sighs> Oh, okay. <sighs> That's always good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I spent a lot of the movie trying to work on a James Gandolfini impression. Didn't didn't work out. <laughs> didn't work out for you. I gotta watch watch The Sopranos to really to get it. Yeah. Um. So then, after which she's talking about her client, and uh, they're like driving home, not James Gandolfini, but Tony Collette and her husband. And there's this one client who has a lot of stairs to like get into the apartment, and she struggles to carry her like massage table up the stairs. Yeah. And then she's complaining about how he never offers to help bring the table up the stairs. And then the husband, because men are too, uh, not logical, but maybe oblivious, says like, oh, well, did you ever ask Mm. like for help? Right. And then her JLD, Tony Collette, at the exact same time go, she does. She shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. which out of there's another moment that something a similar argument happens and like this is the one where it's like the only thing is like he's like standing outside watching her carry the table up the stairs that's fair that you should probably help right but like also if you don't ask but then she may be like no i'm an independent woman yes that happens all the time (laughs) i think every woman does that just to just to generalize um so then uh, JLD, she starts massaging Catherine Keener and goes out with James Gandolfini on a date. Um, they're standing in line for this restaurant and they have uh, not an awkward conversation, but they're just kind of constantly talking and somehow the conversation of fake boobs comes up mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, do you like fake boobs? And he's like, no, I, I like real boobs. And she's like, I have real boobs. Yeah. He's like, that's good. That's a good. Good for you. Um, then he explains how he's an organized slob. Okay. Where, uh, he explains it very well, but just, I liked that phrase, just an organized slob. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this thing where he separates onion from guacamole. Like he puts a chip into the guacamole and like uses the chip to separate the onion from the rest of the guac. Okay. Um, then he brings her home, tries to kiss her. She's like, no, I'm not, like, ready yet. Um, then they go on the second date. It's an at-home brunch. He answers the door just, like, in his pajamas. And she's all, like, dressed up. She's like, oh, you're in your pajamas. He's like, yeah, I'm at home. It's brunch. Why not be comfy? Yeah. And she, I guess she didn't like that. But then um, his penis falls out Ugh, of the pants. God, I hate it when that happens. And she's like, um, it's coming out of the pants. And then he's like, oh, and he like fixes it and like is walking away and he comes back and he's like, what did you think? And she was like, oh, you're, you're, you're healthy. Yeah. That's so, nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then they go outside. They have this uh, like really good talk in the backyard. Like they have a very good... Um, like rapport like yeah i was about to say repertoire rapport is the right word though and like they can kind of call each other out like they can have very open conversation yeah and then a little kiss turns into sexy time yes um and then not at the same time but like a few days later or whatever he meet she meets gandolfini's daughter um and then because at the beginning i said that she's dreading her daughter going to college and they're talking about like her daughter and then the other daughter james gandolfini's daughter if everyone's following kind of like passive aggressively like shit talks her daughter of like yeah i know some like dumb people from my school that like got into the school that she's going to Uh, so not not the nicest no um then uh so then jld uh and Catherine keener are kind of like she's still massaging her but they're becoming friends and this one time she comes over she's like oh i made salsa like it's kind of crazy my ex used to set take a chip and separate the onion from the dip dun, dun, dun. i almost wish i didn't know this before watching the movie because it uh, would have been such a good reveal oh you knew that yeah it oh, says okay. it in the, the thing like the blurb. oh because you do that you read the thing yeah right? because i want to have a good right right um so that's how well mm. Yeah, no, that's that's how she how she figures it out. Yeah. Um, then they're in the movie theater, and she discovers that he can't whisper. Oh, okay. So like, you know, most people can get yeah. down to whisper. Yeah. 
don't but like, like his whispering is like, like this <laughs> like that's, in a movie theater yeah that's <laughs> nice. him. and he's like and she's like you have to whisper he's like i am whispering <laughs> right this is a whisper <laughs> um ow wow. i hit my elbow i'm gonna move that um then uh so her daughter's friend is like starting to get close to her like asking her advice of like oh should i have sex with my boyfriend or not not talking about her this with her own mom but yeah. with jld yeah um, and her daughter like starts to get jealous and this one time she comes home she's like painting her nails and she's like oh i thought your feet were too ticklish and she's like oh sorry like you weren't home like she's not doing it intentionally but the daughter's just kind of overreacting yeah she's jelly she is jelly um so then as jld and katherine keener are hanging out more she kind of starts low-key defending james gandolfini of like oh you know is it that bad that he did this or did mm. that of and it's because she's starting to like him yeah um and he m- makes her this spaghetti eggplant and mozzarella which is apparently the only thing he can cook okay um and he gets her this like nice necklace and again another like half sexy time that stops and then as she's like sitting there being all like what's going on like what should i do she goes into the his bathroom and checks out like how clean it is and apparently he has a lot of toothbrushes so it's almost like she's looking for problems right right well because you're like this might be too good to be true so i gotta find something wrong yeah um then she asked for tony collette's help of like let's go on a double date to see if you see the problems that she are creeping into her mind because of hanging out with katherine keener totally um and tony collette keeps like making jokes and talking about being single and what's gonna happen in her second marriage which eventually kind of like her husband eventually like calls her out of like why do you keep talking about this like it's it's a little too much like it's not just funny and right she kind of just like brushes him off of like don't don't be dramatic yeah um then she's like jld starts to poke at gandolfini and she is drunk but starts making comments about like how he needs to lose weight and he's Mm -hmm. gonna she's gonna get him a calorie book to keep track of his calories throughout the day um makes fun of him that he can't whisper he doesn't have bedside tables Mm -hmm. so she makes fun of him for that and like keeps bringing these things up to make fun of him but they're just kind of mean yeah yeah um and like anything he says she's just disagreeing with right right um so then he just like drops he's like drops her off and is like why did you embarrass me like that mm-hmm. um and there's this weird it's not even like an abc it's like an e story of like tony collette's housekeeper that keeps putting random objects in like the drawers in the kitchen so um there's a softball in the drawer like in a kitchen drawer and tony collette tries to call her out and she's like you know you guys leave your stuff everywhere and like you should clean up more after yourselves even though she's her housekeeper Housekeeper and paid to do that yeah and then she quits and then jld being drunk goes like this is probably a bad time but i was the one that put the softball in there oh yeah wow sounds like she's a menace kind of um then probably one of the most heartbreaking lines and it's like it's um like it's said so well where he's like talking about like you know you kept making fun of me and you're talking about how i need to lose weight he's like i thought you liked me mm-hmm. and i was like ooh, wow. that was just a, a hit in the feels yeah um 
then because she met James Gandolfini's daughter, then she ends up at Catherine Keener's house and drops the bomb. Yeah. So she's like, Catherine Keener's like, oh, I want you to meet my friend. And she's like, like, I think her name's Eva. She's like, Eva? Yeah. And she's like, you guys know each other? And she's like, yeah, she's dating dad. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And then as soon as that happens and that realization is starting to sink in, he walks in mm-hmm. and then everybody finds out everything. It's like crazy, stupid love almost, right? Where a everybody's bit, like yeah. kind of connected. It's probably the more realistic version where right. everyone's just upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not punching each other and fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then, so then the daughter's friend who was getting really close and like JLD invited her once her daughter leaves to college, you know, if you want to move in here because she doesn't like being at her house very much. So, they were getting really close, and right after this whole debacle, then uh, the daughter's friend's mom like comes and like tells her off of like, "Why are you giving advice to her, telling her to have sex, and calls her a dyke?" Oh boy! I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but like, wow, just really. Well, it was in a movie. It's not yeah. like you're using the word. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty wild. Um, then. I don't really there's just kind of like a turnaround where she tries to be more positive like she's carrying the table up the stairs with the stair guy okay. and she's like oh can you help me he's like oh I'm such an idiot like I, I should have been helping you yeah but didn't help until she asked yeah yeah um then at the beginning there's the talk the girl who just can't stop talking and eventually and then she's like oh it's Thanksgiving do you have any plans and she's just kind of zoned out and she's like what like not expecting her to talk to her um they never do anything with the gross guy again just he's off the roster and then that's kind of the end there's not really a a big crazy spoilery ending but yeah. i still want people people to watch it and at the very end uh right after the credit starts it just says for jim mm. for old james gandolfini sad mm-hmm. uh this was an incredible movie you loved it it was very like real like oh, it, okay. it didn't feel like it didn't too sound outrageous. like it from that like i wasn't getting the impression that you liked it i don't oh. know why i just felt like it was yeah i think it's because i don't really talk about didn't talk much about like their relationship yeah which i thought was really like good and cute uh it's like 90 minute movie so they really kind of give they you just, that story yeah they just get right into it they don't need it to be that didn't need to be a three-hour movie yeah no like, like most never, movies we don't need three-hour movies ever unless it's sebastian stands in it okay unless it's marvel then that's fine um so you liked it you enjoyed it yes i did i don't Great. know if i would say 95 percent, but okay it's like but a, you could understand why it, four creeping the four and a half stars okay great uh, so awesome yeah, enough said perfect um, I watched Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is the third of the Die Hard franchise. Do you know that there's five movies? Uh, yes. I didn't know that. Okay. This is directed by John McTiernan, and it's from 1995. It got 58 on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience score was 83, which I think is fair. Like, it's not like, ooh, great movie, but it is an entertaining movie, right? One of those. Tagline is, when the theater goes dark, the roof blows off. There we go. My movie didn't have a tagline. No way. Okay. Maybe because it's like more indie. So Detective John McLaren, which is Bruce Willis, um, is... You said McLaren. Oh, sorry. McLean. Wow. McLean uh, is now divorced, alcoholic, and jobless. Um, He's called back into action when a cryptic terrorist takes New York City hostage in a lethal game of Simon Says and only wants to play with McLean. 
So this man bombs a convenience store. It's Simon. And Simon says to avoid more bombs, he wants John McClane to walk in Harlem wearing a very racist billboard that says, I hate the (sighs) N-word. Sorry, dog. It's really barking. Remember what you told Meg about not letting it affect you? I know. Okay. So I hate N-word and he's in Harlem. Okay. Uh, So the captain of the police drop him off they explained to him all of this and they were like um he's like we're gonna come pick you up in 15 minutes and his line was like I'm gonna be dead in four like he's just like yeah it's not gonna happen and they taped a gun to the back of his um in on his back because he basically was just in shorts like he didn't have anything really on and just the sign over him so shopkeeper Zeus played by Samuel L. Jackson goes out to help him and um McLean like McLean tells him like he's a cop and he has to do this to avoid another explosion like he's like did you see that explosion at the convenience store or whatever and he's like yes and he goes if I don't do this then they're gonna blow up more so then he's like okay so he helps him but he goes he his reasoning wasn't like I want to help him because of that because of the bombing he's like I don't want a white cop getting killed in Harlem and then a whole bunch of he his literal words are a thousand trigger happy white cops show up in Harlem. So he's like, I'm going to just help him, which he's such a great addition. I love Samuel L. Jackson. Um, so they end up going to the police station together, Zeus. And so Samuel L. Jackson and, and um, Bruce Willis and Simon calls and he has a real bee in his bonnet for McLean. So we're not sure at this point why, but he just really hates him. And um, his bo- McLean's boss gets on the phone and he's like he stepped on so many toes in the ND at the NYPD he like he's been suspended his wife hates him and he's like two steps away from being a full alcoholic and McLean just like lifts up one finger and he's like it's like one step actually like it was a funny like he's like no no I'm like one step closer to being an alcoholic like he's just like those moments are really funny in these movies um so Simon takes them on another mission the riddle um they have to, oh, they have to call with the right answer. So the riddle is, so I wrote it down for you. Um, as I was on my way to St. Eve's, I met a man with seven wives. Every wife had seven sacks. Every sack, sack had seven kittens. Every cat had seven kittens. Kittens, cats, sacks, and wives. How many were going to St. Eve's? So I'm not going to let you do that, but. So they're counting and they're like, okay, it's like 2,401. And then just as McLean's about to dial, Zeus remembers there's only one man going. Because it says, um, right? I met a man at St. Eve's. Yeah. I met a man. Yeah. So it's how many are going. So it's actually one. So they call and they're like, okay, it's one. And he's like, you're right. But it was 10 seconds too late. So they think the bomb is in this like garbage can. And so they literally are like, get away, get away, like panic. Like everybody's, they're trying to jump and they're moving people in this panic. And then like nothing happens, like nothing blows up. And so then everyone's just like looking down, like, okay. Um, so he caught, so then the phone rings again, they pick it up and he's like, I didn't say Simon says. So they're like, okay, I get the game now. It's, you know? Yep. He, it's Simon, so he has to say. So if he has to say it, then... Okay. 
So then he tells them there's a bomb on the subway and they have 30 minutes to get there. But they're in New York City and anybody who's been to New York City, you're not getting from where they were in 30 minutes. So they literally drive through Central Park, like on the path where people are walking, just like driving through, missing trees, whatever. So McLean gets on the subway and then he and then they send Zeus to the phone. So Samuel L. Jackson. So I just say Zeus and McLean. Everyone knows who it is now at this yeah. point. It's only these You're, two, right? Yeah. I put in here Zeus and stuff. So um, and then Zeus goes to the phone. So McLean actually finds the bomb. It's like in this like um, like a, where a telephone thing would be. But he can see that it's not attached. So he's like he opens it and he's like, okay, he sees that. So then he's everybody get to the back. You know, panic, panic, panic. And then he ends up tossing it out of the subway. So it does explode, but no one actually got hurt because he got it off of the subway. Um, so so no one was seriously injured. So that was good. So we finally get to see Simon because he ends up calling down at the police. When all, they're all the with the explosion, there's a whole bunch of police everywhere. So he does end up calling and we do see that it is Jeremy Irons. We learn why he's upset, which I'm not going to tell you. Um and then Simon then tells them that there is a bomb in a school in Manhattan. You can't evacuate or there's all these rules, right? So, but then he sends, no, can you evacuate? I can't remember. There was, there was a rule anyways. They weren't allowed to go looking for it or something anyways. But then they, he sends Zeus and McLean to Thompson Square and they have to be there in 20 minutes. So, and they can only go on foot. So they got to run there. And then they get to this fountain and there's a suitcase and McLean opens it. And Zeus is like, don't open it. And he opens it. And then the bomb starts is now armed. And so he's like, the only way to disarm it is to, so there's, so they're in it, they're at the fountain and there's two jugs. There's a five gallon one and a three gallon one. So he says, you have to get four gallons of water and place it on the scale and that will disarm it so then there are the whole time they're like okay if we take the three and the five and the blah 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 like and I'm like I would not be able to do this under pressure either because they like they just like I don't know how they would have time to do it right but obviously it would have to go in the five gallon jug right anyways they figure it out all is well and they decide they're going to take the bomb with them because they don't want kids to find it so as they're walking across the street, they see these kids had just stolen all these candy bars. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, you can't steal, like, whatever. I'm a police officer. You can't steal. And he's like, there isn't any police around here at all. Like, we can steal whatever we want. Like, he makes some comment of, like, there's no police here because they're busy doing something else. And it clues into him, like, there is probably not a bomb in a school. They just want all the police in Manhattan and not at Wall Street where they want to steal gold. So... He, he realizes it's like all a distraction and then the rest of the movie is just like action like it's dump trucks it's guns it's like finding them it's you know like they an end action up on a movie. boat they end up on a boat first they're in the tunnels under with dump trucks they end up on a boat gets a little you know it's diehard it gets a little silly in the end but it was a fun movie I liked it and um it kind of makes me sad when I see Bruce Willis now you know because he's He's not doing well. Uh, better or worse than the first Die Hard. So what I will say is I obviously the first one is just classic. Like that one is 
great. Um, this one I will say I liked for the riddles and the the because there's more than just that. What I said, like there's like I don't know. He has some. It's like a sca- It's like a fun scavenger hunt with bombs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like it's no big deal. Um, so, so I liked like kind of that part of it, but I just found by the end I was like, ugh. I didn't like the girl either. There was a girl on the bad guys team, and she was. I don't know. She just, she didn't even talk. So can't even imagine what the scale of that, the woman's scale is. Bechdel. Bechdel is probably bad on that one. Yeah. Um, So yeah, no, I like the first one better, but I still enjoyed this one. It was a fun, it's always fun. I think Samuel L. Jackson, I really added, I liked the, I liked the team, the boys. I think that's, that's to me what puts it over the first one. I think I like this one more. Yeah. Okay. I can see why. It would definitely be a toss-up, but I mean, Die Hard's the best Christmas movie, so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, let's get sad. Let's get sad. Okay, so the reason why we chose to do this is because, you know, we are always hearing of people passing away, and it's really sad. Like, recently, Tom Sizemore passed away. I don't know if anybody knows this, but it just was a few days ago. He had an aneurysm a couple weeks ago, but then has recently passed, and then... You know, like we just, it just makes us feel like we just want to kind of honor the people that we missed. And then, so this year in 2023, we also lost like Lisa Marie Presley and Richard Blaze, Belzer, sorry, Belzer, Raquel Welsh, Cindy Williams. Like we've lost a few already and it's already March and you start losing people. And so we just kind of wanted to honor them and talk about them. And that's it. We don't want to make it too sad, but just. No, there's a few people I can see on your list that I also have. Okay. So do you want to just like We'll just go back and pong? forth, yeah. Okay, well, I started with Heath Ledger. Yeah, that was my first one too. And I think I think it would be a lot of people's on their top of their list. And I think it's just because of the way it all shook out. Because, you know, he's a 28-year-old who has an accidental overdose because of a role he was in playing the Joker, which was probably one of the best performances you know, or, or if not one, like, you know, one of the, when I say the best, like, obviously it's like in contention of, it was just such a great performance, but to know that it came at the cost of his life makes it really tough. Um, yeah. So like we, he came on the scene with like 10 things I hate about you. And then, you know, Knight's Tale, Monster's Ball, Brokeback Mountain. Like he just, he gave us so much in such a little bit of time and he had such a good energy about him. And when he made his docu-series or whatever, his documentary, when they made it about him called I Am Heath, um, he just like, he loved, you got to know him more than just like as an actor, but he just, he loved people and he loved storytelling and he was such an artist and it's just, it's just sad, right? Like, it's just a shame. That's all. Yeah, especially when I was looking through this and you're seeing how old everyone is when they passed away. And it's like, that's kind of not shocking, but just like surprising that he was had done all that work and was still that young. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And I think what brought it, we'd already planned this episode, but I sent uh, I sent you Walking uh, Phoenix's speech when he won the Joker right. on TikTok. And not only was he gracious of like, yeah, we always kept losing to this kid that was Leo DiCaprio mm-hmm. and Adam Driver. Your movie was amazing. And Taron Edgerton, you're great. Christian Bale, like, like appreciated everybody else in his category. And then he finished it with, but I'm standing here on the back of one of my favorite a- or my favorite actor, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Well, his Joaquin's 
brothers on my list, which was one of the most devastating ones to me. But yeah, not till later. Uh, I think I'm going to then I'll start with Chadwick Boseman because it was something that when I was looking through it four years before he passed away is when he was diagnosed with colon cancer. So you think of all the movies he did in that four year time, knowing, knowing that he was going to pass away. Yeah. But still like, and even before that, like the amount of biopics and sports movies that he did, like he was going back he was in the express the ernie bank ernie not ernie banks ernie davis story uh he was jackie robinson he Mm. was bobby brown he was in the movie draft day like he had done all this and then you become such an iconic character in black panther that is now so been slightly replaced i'll say quietly yeah yeah. anyone listening um such an iconic character that like it's some it's I don't want to say it's his lasting legacy because he was an unbelievable actor and uh, won the Oscar for Marini's for Marini's Black, Black Bottom, Bottom post. I never know. I know post hominous post post hom post hominous after passing away. So um, <laughs> he just and he was forty two. Like it was. I think the saddest part for me is like, and I know it's none of our business, but none of us even knew he was sick. So it's like all of a sudden this person's just not there and you're like what like I didn't even know like other people when they're sick like you're kind of prepared you're almost like oh okay well they're going to pass away then but with him he didn't tell anyone and that's totally his right I'm not saying he should have told us but I think it makes it even more like it's just sad because you're you know it's just out of the blue this person's no longer here you know but I saw one of like the most heartbreaking things on Twitter was that Chadwick sent Jonathan Majors to Michael B. Jordan oh, okay. like to to yeah. give him that friend again because they they've been talking like we're we want to be the next Pacino and Robert oh, De Niro okay oh that's a good one I like it and they had such a like good bond mm-hmm. that like seeing these two now together it's it's another like like the, that's a that's a brother like yeah the bond that they had it's funny though because he did pass away without a will and I find that funny because like did it I know he was sick, but it's like, did he not know? Like, why wouldn't you have a will if you're sick, right? Like, I find that, especially with, like, an estate like he would have and stuff like that. Like, it's caused a lot of, I don't know, stuff, right? Between people. Anyways. Good? Yeah. Uh, Robin Williams. um, I think for this one, for me, I remember I was at the movies when I found out. And so my phone was off, obviously. And then when a movie was over, I turned my phone on. And I had a message from one of my friends who put Robin Williams with a broken heart. And so I looked it up and, um, although he, like he did battle like alcoholism and drugs, mental health, I think it's just was sad because, um, like he did die of suicide, but he also had like a dementia they found out like afterwards. And so, I don't know. He just always reminded me of Papa. And so I just, I don't, he like when we watched like a long time ago, he was in a show called Mark and Mindy where he played like this alien and he was just, he just had a way about him. He just had an energy and an aura about him. That was just happiness. Right. So to know that he was so unhappy is pretty sad. Um, Deb Poe society hook, Mrs. Doubtfire, Goodwill hunting, patch Adams, night at the museum like his little smile right like it's just yeah it was a good one so that was in 2014 we lost him which wow 
Like, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, I'm not going to... This is going to sound like I'm trying to make a joke, but when I was in Montreal, there was a street performer that looked like Robin Williams had been in hiding for the last eight years. So I'm just going to go the rest of my life thinking, thinking that's what he's doing. Yeah, great. And he's just a street performer in Montreal yeah. and just wants to stay anonymous. Like, sometimes there's part of me that thinks, do they just fake... Like, I know... I don't think, you know, JFK yeah. Jr. and stuff like that. But, like, some people, you're like, maybe they don't, though. Maybe just they're just like, get out of the limelight. I can't do this, right? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, my next one is uh, Mac Miller. Yeah. Oof. He was 26 years old, mm-hmm. uh, accidental drug overdose. There's a few, like, Michael K. Williams, also accidental drug overdose uh, with uh, fentanyl. Uh, for me, it was just like, again, his music was so positive and he went through like this, he went through so many like stages as an artist where like, he was like the happy, the fun song. And then kind of started getting into like, where he's singing about love and like his struggles. And he went through to me so much, like he gave us so much music. Mm -hmm. And then when he passed away, obviously that was hard on like Ariana Grande, that that was someone who soulmate-ish yeah I definitely think they were soulmates yeah a connection like that and for me it was just one of those it's one of those like I'll listen to his music and be like I love I love his whole catalog there's nothing wrong with that but then I go like you know like we're not getting more Mm -hmm. which sucks yes no it does it's and I think too because didn't the guys who gave him that get arrested I'm pretty sure right I think so yeah so yeah, those ones are tough, right? And it's like when you're when you're so yet you're in your twenties and you're you have probably so much you just have so much more you could offer. But yeah, um, I'm Brittany Murphy, thirty two years old, says pneumonia. I don't know, it's pretty dicey on what. I had her too. Yeah, um, pneumonia prescription meds. Um, I think with her. Oh God, if you watch anything with her, like she just is a beam of light, that one. And, you know, we saw her in Clueless and then Eight Mile, Girl Interrupted, Just Married. She just was so crazy talented. And then she met that man who has passed away six months after her with the same thing. So I'm like, I don't know. It's just something is dicey with that. And I even watched the documentary hoping I would get some kind of clarity. And I just think it's one of those things we just won't, we just don't, we won't know. And, um, she was just, I, it, she just went, it went downhill as soon as she met that guy. Right. And it's just too bad because I think she was sunshine. Like, I just think she just had a way about her and yeah. So it's Brittany Murphy. Uh, I, I know we didn't specify, we just said stars. So I <laughs> thought it was perfect to include Kobe Bryant. Kobe, yeah. And I, think about everything he did as a basketball player and the amount of things were like the last dance comes out after he passes away and they have this episode all about Jordan and Kobe because or not all about but that includes Jordan and Kobe and that was his idol and he played exactly like him and Jordan had this like heartbreaking line when he did a speech at his funeral in in the arena of like like that's a little that's my little brother and like a part of me died when he died and even like throw away everything he did as an athlete like he was him and his daughter Mm -hmm. were like so into basketball and like she uh like they were flying to basketball or from basketball something like that to avoid traffic la traffic so could have more time family time he has a helicopter yeah and 
like like that happening with your daughter and everybody else that was on the helicopter and him as not even just an athlete but someone who was so amazing at their profession and just cared so much that i think of um the jordan the jordan one that hit me really hard then when i had you watch the redeem team Mm -hmm. which was 2008 olympics and they were all talking about you know we were just out there having fun usa basketball (laughs) And we're coming out, coming home from going out at four o'clock in the morning and he's getting up to go work out Yeah, and he gets the whole team. Like, I felt like they did it in such a good way of not like he wasn't preaching to them. No, it's he just, didn't say anything. This to is them. what I'm doing. Yeah. If you want to come, you can come. Yeah. And then just by his actions, they were like, look at how well he's performing and like, you know, he's eating right. He's sleeping. He's not, you know, he takes it seriously. And they were all like, Ooh, uh, okay. We're going to start doing that because like after he did that the next day, more people started being at the gym at four in the morning. And then by like the end of the week, everybody's in the gym at four. Right. So he had a way uh, he was a leader in a in a more quiet, subtle way of whereas I think Jordan is a little more in your face way. Yeah. Um, whereas Kobe was more quietly like this is what I'm doing. And people would follow because of his success and his you know talent. And I think people don't talk about this as much, but I don't think we should talk about it as a bad thing for someone being an asshole because Michael Jordan was and he kind of like terrorized teammates and it worked like Kobe. Kobe did very similar things to Michael Jordan with teammates like he punched a teammate in practice. Like there's so many videos of him, but it's because of this competitive nature that you hold yourself to the to a standard that is a yeah and you think everybody should be at that standard but someone and it's the perfect example why they were such a good yang 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 was Shaq. yeah because yeah he didn't care about being the best player ever he wanted to have fun in life and do movies yeah. and kobe get he used to get or he uh there's so many clips of him saying like if Shaq had my work ethic we would have won 10 championships yeah but that's just the different perspectives you can have on life. Yeah, totally. And yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. I remember the day we found out I was napping on the couch, which I never nap, but right. And you were sitting beside me and I woke up and just, it was on the headline and I just like, it was just that shock. And then it was just like, then the pandemic hit and we were like, wow, like this was not a good, 2020 is not a good year. And it was Chadwick Boseman too that yeah. summer. Yeah, no, it was not a great one. Um, my next one is River Phoenix, which is Joaquin Phoenix's brother. Um, River Phoenix, um, he died on my 20th birthday and he was 23. He died of an overdose. He was at the Viper room. He was an actor, musician, activist. He was uh, so adorable. He's like the Brad Pitt kind of of my generation, I guess, if you want to compare he was just a beautiful, beautiful man. And he, what a acting like, you know, we had running on empty was my favorite. Also, my my own private Idaho was another one. But stand by me. And then the thing called love, which was his last movie that was finished, that was completed. I never saw it. So I put it on my list. I'm like, how have I not seen this movie? I was obsessed with him. Um, but he did do a movie that they finished half of, and it was called dark blood. And in 2012, they released that movie, mm. which is right. Like he died in 1993. So like it's, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm curious, like maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. It might make me too sad, but that one was, um, 
that was a tough one because he was only a few years older than me and he had been my like Hollywood kind of crush. And so I just, yeah, like 23. She was like a baby, right? He was so cute. Do you know what he looks like? I do have, I, when I was looking it up, I saw pictures so of him. cute. Yeah. Um, I will go into the same direction. I don't know if I want to do, I'll, I'll just do these back to back because they had an impact on me of their age. It was one Cameron Boys. Right. That was another, I think that was an overdose as well. Cameron Boys was a seizure and a sleep, wasn't it? Oh, maybe it was. Um, I think it was. Do you want me to double check later? Yeah. So then him just as like, I think he was 20. Yeah. And he's a few years younger than me. Uh, him and also Juice World, the rapper who uh, had an overdose, I believe, in an airport. Um, and it was just one of those, like, he was someone I was, he, I think he's two years younger than me and, like, was just a really talented artist and one of those, like, happy-go-lucky people. And it's just like, that's, I know that's life, but it was just like, those two in particular, I think of them together of just, like, age of just, like, yeah. wow, like, that's, that's the impact you made in your life that i'm still thinking about you but yeah. like that's that's a hard deal for anybody around you yeah for sure no he did it was a, a they think it was like a seizure in his sleep so it's hard too because then again you don't have any closure yeah because it just happens um i put luke perry and the reason why i put him um i wouldn't say he was like super impactful in my you know he had 90210 obviously he was the bad boy so i watched him but i think because he was 52 he just passed away a few years ago and he was 52 from a stroke. And I think because we're in that same age bracket, dad and I lost our minds and literally booked a trip to Mexico because we were like, life is too short. He passed away and a week later we were booking a trip. It just kind of, it's, it's sad when these things have to remind you that you have to just, you have to live like all, like live every moment that you can, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I only have four. One more left. Well, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I will say Paul Walker. Yes. Especially for how into the franchise I was at that point and how invested I was into these characters. And then, like, they have this, like, him waving goodbye in one of the movies when their roads are splitting apart. And it was, I can't remember if it was before. I think it might have been, like, they made the movie and then he passed away. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's also one of the reasons why I can't really watch Fast and Furious anymore because he was such yeah. a big part of that. And, He's like, so cute. how he passed away, like, all like of that was... Like, you're just, like, going for a ride with somebody. Like, you're just getting in a car to go up the street. Like, it's just, yeah, they were going too fast. I get all of that. But to just, I don't know, I just, I just think, like, that is just how fast life can change, right? That's yeah. all. It's just that reminder of, like, life can really change on a dime um philip seymour hoffman he was 46 years old he passed away in 2014 which is almost 10 years ago which i was like wow i again i wouldn't have said that um he had been sober for 23 years and then in 2013 relapsed tried to go to rehab and then overdosed in 2014 um i mean I think for me, he's probably the most versatile actor that we had. I think he was, you know, he could play the bad guy in Mission Impossible 3. He could play the music exec in Almost Famous. He had Moneyball. He had Boogie uh, Nights, The Truman Big Lebowski. Yeah, he won an Oscar for Capote. He had three Oscar nominations, and then he won 
So four altogether. One he won for Capote. He had like he was just he was just so great. And it's just it's just a shame when those things happen, right? Like it's just one of those like that really sucks because that's all we're getting from you. And but I guess you got to just cherish those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that also ties into James Gandolfini plays yes. probably one of, if not the most iconic character in any show ever. Yeah. And in Tony Soprano. And I'm so excited to watch that and try to work on my impression of just like <laughs> a lot of heavy breathing. And because there's a character, because you asked me for a password or later after, after I'd started the movie, but there's a character in the Sopranos who they call Big Pussy. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of just, when he says it, I've seen clips of it, and it just kind of sounds like he's saying, like, bussy. Right. Like, with a B. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, eh, Christopher. Yeah. <sighs> like, he just had to do a bunch he of sit-ups. He died of a heart attack, right? Something Pretty like sure, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also have Biggie and Tupac, just of, like, mm-hmm. the rivalry, something that I didn't live through, but then... Also, like, the conspiracy of what's going on. A but lot of people still think Tupac's stayed. alive. Yeah, like, it, even though it, it, this happened, what, 20 years ago, it's still people, it's still it's still relevant, right? Yeah. You know who else is going to? Okay, no. Uh, my last one, because I also said Brittany Murphy. Uh, I did Bill Paxton, too. Just in 2017, he passed away. But I didn't really put any, like, I didn't write anything about it. I just was, like, that was pretty shocking to me. I really liked him we watched big love and twister i loved him in and he was good so yeah uh my last one is john ritter because (gasps) i was watching eight simple rules didn't Mm -hmm. know what happened Mm -hmm. and then one episode he was just gone and then they tell the story of like he left set that day and everything was fine and then he was just gone and that was devastating to the show because like they tried to like band-aided together of like oh we're bringing david spade and it'll be funny and it just wasn't the same show without him no i think it's just too hard um uh, i do kaylee cuoco has some really she it really hit her hard obviously because that was her tv dad and she was really close to him and um i just think the whole thing like again he was just like a light like he just was he just radiated goodness right and so yeah that was a really sad one no and apparently the I don't know if it's a rumor, but it, he could have been saved. And so I guess the wife, like whatever, sued or whatever, because there was maybe a bit of malpractice. Yeah. Just like he could have been saved. It could have been avoided or whatever. I don't know. I didn't dig too much into it because for me, it's like it's not going to bring him back. So it's like you just got to carry on. It's like Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. She 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 goes face to face with the person that could have saved her husband. Right, has her over for dinner. What? Aren't they? Don't they have dinner or something together? No, I think they're in a courtroom. Oh, but there was one that yeah, they're like trying to take away her life, like Ellen Pompeo's character, like Meredith, like faces the doctor that could have saved uh, McDreamy. No, I I know, but then there was because uh, they try to take away. I think it's, it's a later season. They try to like take away oh, her license okay. because in a whatever clip i just saw i don't watch the show anymore but she's sitting at the table she's at a dinner table with all of them that must be at someone's house and she's like oh this is the one who killed whatever like in front of everybody and they're like all right this is a fun dinner party so sorry if that was too morbid you know but i just think it's nice to honor them too Of just like we remember them we appreciate all their work and we're happy we at least got some and we're, we're sad to see them go 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our little our little in memoriam. Yes. Yes. Um. So next week, <gasps> Oscars guys on Sunday will be our Oscars recap. or both watching 2023 oscar nominated films yes uh, i'm watching everything everywhere all at once and you're watching all quiet on the western front i sure am and then our re-oscar bulls is um we're gonna take 10 best picture winners and basically tell you why they shouldn't have won <laughs> no it doesn't have to be that they shouldn't have won can we say that yes we just think they deserve it or is this only i mean yeah you could you can do that if you want i'm gonna go negative oh okay i'm, I'm gonna, gonna say, go a little bit of both I so think. i'm just gonna tell the academy why they were wrong okay great that's That'll, so fun yeah like shape of water i'll just that and crash are the first two that just pop into my head of shakespeare like, in love <laughs> probably there's yeah. there's quite a few out there that we are gonna change next week I love or it. that i'm gonna change and you're gonna try to be positive i'm not gonna be i just want to be a, a bit of both that's all like I want to say like there's got to be some that you agree with yeah like I'm not I'm not changing all of them okay just 10 just just 10 just the just, ones you really feel just strongly 10 about. that like hey you messed up right I can't wait to hear it I'm just gonna be helpful for thank you <laughs> you're mansplaining it <laughs> see the thing is with mansplaining is thank you you're very welcome case got anything else got nothing else all right so besides that we will see you next time bye